comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. Fellas, are we Marvel's Agents of Shield podcast now? Or I don't think we can get away with that actually. Yeah, we're not actually affiliated with Marvel. I told you to buy that URL way back when, and you said, No, no, this is what it is. Day late and, and a dollar short. Yeah. That's a bit mouthy anyway, don't you think? Wordy. That's like you'd want to chew that title. I, you know, I started thinking about it as I have recently rewatched all seven uh, seasons of The Shield, and I wonder if like the Avengers, they call it Marvel's The Avengers, because of the '60s TV show slash uh, '90s movie that came out. I wonder if this is to reinforce the brand and um, make sure there is absolutely no confusion as to what they're talking about. That's. Probably. I'd buy that. I mean, you know, it was Marvel's The Avengers, right? They had to differentiate it yep. from that wonderful Uma Thurman movie from the 90s. And before we confuse our audience, this is the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, episode point six. This is John. I have with me Brad and Russell. Evening. I think what we were referring to as we opened was the big news that came out about the official naming of the television show, but we have to go through a little bit of important news first uh, about our podcasting network and the show itself, don't we, Russ? We do. So some of you may not listen to the other shows that we have on the network, and shame on you, but uh, the podcast network has been going for quite some time now. Uh, the the back end that we use, this is all a little inside baseball, but the back end that we use to power the website and the podcast and the feeds and everything else uh, is using a piece of software that is outdated and not supported anymore. So we are working feverishly to move on to the next version of this platform that will have more long-term stability, um, so on and so forth. Uh, the side effect of that is that some of the podcast feeds may not move over so smoothly. So... If you're listening to this sometime in April or May, and uh, we're getting towards the middle of May, maybe towards the end of the end of May, and you don't see another episode has shown up on the feed, uh, then head over to hhwlod.com and make sure that there's not a show that you've missed. Um, and if there is a show that is is shown on the website and is not on the feed, then you could click the subscribe button. And and if you would be so kind, resubscribe to the podcast. 
um, and and all of the previous shows will will show up, um, and everything will be fine. But like I said, there might be just this slight little disruption as we work out the technical details. Uh, if you follow the Twitter or the Facebook, we will absolutely have all of that posted there uh, to guide you through this uh, this time. If if there is any disruption, we we could get lucky, and based on some of the technical machinations, uh, everything could flow over, and and all will be good. But uh, but just. Wanted to put that heads up out there. Yeah, definitely keep an eye. HHWLOD.com, uh, shieldpodcast.com will also get you there. Uh, and even you can just go straight to iTunes. And if you see episodes on iTunes that you have not gotten, you just resubscribe there, like Russ said, and uh, it should take care of it. Now then, the news that we spoke of. Uh, I must say that this has been a while since we've done a show, and I wasn't even with you guys the last show that you did. But news has been really sparse for this. Uh, after the pilot wrapped up, we haven't heard a thing really since, you know, just the last couple of days, uh, first week in April, that we've really gotten any news. Yeah, it's been pretty sparse. I don't know if maybe they're waiting for the con season to kick in. I don't know if they're maybe not wanting to dilute attention away from Iron Man 3, um, you know, maybe because it's probably not going to premiere until like August, September time frame that they don't want to throw it all out there now and then have nothing really new to show people uh, down the road. But yeah, I've been, I, I would have at least expected some sort of teaser video at this point or, uh, or something a little more, but we're getting dribs and drabs. You know what I just realized when Russ said Iron Man 3, I hadn't yet connected the dots and I realized that Coulson's not going to be in Iron Man 3. It's going to be strange. Yeah, yeah. Or will he? Well, I'm only <laughs> assuming that he won't be and that they will leave the big surprise for, oh, he's really alive for um for the S.H.I.E.L.D. show. So recently on the ABC uh, All Access website, which is sort of their media... Um, site for for all their news and, and stuff like that they announced that the show will be called marvel's agents of shield and uh we were kind of joking around there a little bit in the beginning i actually think that it's smart to tag marvel onto everything they do on television just to make sure that the non super geeks like us the non comic book community is connecting the dots that oh yeah this has something to do with that Avengers movie that we saw last summer. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. My guess is it has nothing to do with the other S.H.I.E.L.D. show or, uh, you know, the Avengers television show of the 60s or whatever. That's just a guess, but I think they're just trying to make sure everybody's in the know. And Brad, you think it's mouthy now? It just feels like a lot. Hey, did you watch S.H.I.E.L.D. last night? Compared to, hey, did you watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last night? You know, it's. I'm sure we'll all say, did you watch S.H.I.E.L.D. last night? But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't bad. Yeah, I kind of like that. I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, I think I think the Marvel is just a... It, it's, it's almost superfluous. I think in common, you know, conversation, especially amongst... You know, people like us that are that are into this and live and breathe it. That 
you know, we'll we'll drop the Marvel off of everything. I mean, I didn't call it Marvel's The Avengers. I just called it The Avengers. So uh, I, I imagine the same thing will be true here. In the logo for the Avengers movie, you know, the word Marvel's was there and you could see it, but it didn't stand out. And I'm wondering if they'll do the same thing with the new logo for this TV show. Because we, obviously, we haven't seen, the, the news just broke today. I don't believe they showed us a, an official logo of the show, but I'm assuming it, it'll look similar as far as the size of the word Marvel's compared to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The similar, uh, in you know, at, like the Avengers logo. So maybe you know the the the, <clears throat> the majority of the, of the public will just call it Agents of Shield. I think so. And with that official title came the show's official blurb, which Brad would like to read. Won't you, Brad? <laughs> yeah. Joss Whedon. Uh, shows us not all heroes are super with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fresh from his role in the summer box office smash Marvel's The Avengers, there you go, Agent Phil Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, returns to the worldwide law enforcement organization S.H.I.E.L.D. He puts together a small, highly trained team of agents to tackle the cases that haven't been classified yet, the new, the strange, and the unknown. That team consists of Straight Arrow agent Grant Ward, played by Brett Dalton, an expert in combat and espionage, pilot and martial artist agent Melinda May, played by Ming-Na Wen, and brilliant if socially awkward scientists agent Leo Fitz and agent Gemma Simmons, played by Ian DeCastecker, I think I ruined that last name, and Elizabeth Henstridge, respectively. They'll be joined by civilian new recruit and computer hacker Sky, played by Chloe Bennett. Prepare for an epic adventure that showcases the hope and wonder of the human spirit. This is a world of superheroes, aliens, and the unusual, of action, spectacle, and world-spanning stories. The show will speak to the human condition through the lens of our very human, non-powered S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, that together we are greater than we are apart, and that we can make a difference in the world. The first thing that stands out to me is that it's amazing that all of the little rumors and bits and pieces that we've been picking up have been dead on. You know, like we've been hearing about the show for a while and pretty much everything that's been leaked or I guess some of it was officially released. But uh, it seems like everything was right on the money. The interesting thing I thought about with the title is that or the the description is they specifically talk about this is a world of superheroes, aliens, and the unusual, and that leads me to believe that this isn't going to be just uh a you know about a team solving you know bank robberies and uh you know with people using crazy tech that we're gonna see a little bit of maybe like that fringe component kind of sneak in where we're gonna see aliens or you know, other, you know, people coming from other dimensions or just, you know, strange, unexplained stuff that that fits into what they're what they've established. Um, and I'm, that makes me really excited that there's going to be, you know, we might get some overarching narrative or some, uh, you know, some some component to it that uh, that's going to build, you know, this show in its own world and keep it, you know, somewhat separate. But you can definitely see where it would fit into the to the movie verse that they've been building from your lips to Joss's ears. 
<laughs> you know, I, I do. I want some, I like the way you described it, that fringe feel, that strange, odd quality to the cases, you know, kind of a, I never watched X-Files, so I don't know if that's um, a uh, an apt description as well. I think fringe, that that kind of genre, that that X-Files fringe type of crazy. Men in black maybe mixed in. Yeah, yeah, just some off some strange weird type of not not constantly not every episode you know i i want to see him going after some low level uh you know d list villains and you know you know marshmallow man or something like that you know just some kind of goofy stuff but then you know tackling a strange visitor from another planet that would be actually that'd be uh that'd be hard to do if he showed up <laughs> It, it makes sense when you think of where the movie-verse is headed. You know, like, maybe it's been pretty much superhero so far, but now that we're getting into Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, more cosmic and maybe alien-oriented stuff, that it would make sense that this isn't only superheroes, that it's also, you know, has that sci-fi element. I think, I thought about this the other day, I think a perfect... If they if they don't do this in the Thor movie or don't have plans to do it down the road, I think the perfect villain team for this series would be like the Wrecking Crew, and they could even tie it into Asgard and but you know not directly have to show all that. Um, but that would be kind of a, a, a they're more street level, more grounded, but yet they have this element. Uh, you know, they each have a have a basically a weapon that that is tied directly to Asgard. Um, you know, that the team has to go down and track down or deal with all their, you know, shenanigans. But I think something like that would fit well into into this. And that would be, I think that, you know, the geeks would go crazy because it's it's something that ties directly into the comics and stuff that we know and have seen before. You know what makes me um, confident in this show that it's got a, a really good chance of succeeding is Joss Whedon's ability to take a genre and put a twist on it. You know, Firefly was a space western. Um, Cabin in the Woods was a horror film, but it was also something else entirely at the same time. So I really think he's going to put some kind of twist on this, some kind of different slant to the regular cop show or whatever to a government, you know, agent show. I, I think it's going to, it's going to be special. I just have a feeling. And apparently, um, some of the sites that picked up this news that ABC had posted this on their media page, um, it's pretty much a signal that it's picked up as a series. That seems to be the prevailing thought. I don't think anybody thought that they wouldn't give this you know, at least 13 episodes to start off with. Um, but it sounds like if, if they've gone as far as releasing this press um, page that it seems that all systems are go, which, again, I think we all thought it would be anyway, but it's still nice to get more concrete stuff coming out. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to uh, Fat Man on Batman, Kevin Smith's, you know, Batman podcast, and he had Jeff Loeb on there for, like, this two-part interview and one of the things that Kevin Smith was saying was he was going on about S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, that, you know, because Loeb is in charge of Marvel Television. 
and it you know pretty much a done deal and Loeb was like well you know it hasn't been picked up yet and it hasn't been you know officially you know picked up as a full season or even you know anything beyond the pilot it hasn't been given an air date and he was being a little more reserved but even while I was listening to it I was like there you know and we I've said it before on the show there there is no way I believe that this is not going to get a full season um even if it's just one which I think it'll get more than one but um it'll get at least one I mean it's owned by Marvel um you know Dis- Disney Disney owns Marvel Disney owns ABC the Avengers made 1.5 billion dollars worldwide uh, you know this whole franchise is just is just a press for printing money um I think I think Iron Man 3 is going to be a huge hit and not as I don't think it's going to be as big as as the Avengers but I think it'll come close worldwide to do to pull in a billion dollars and that'll just be the icing on the cake to give this thing a full order because people are just hungry for this stuff if you know if if that many people are willing to go to the box office and and plunk down their 10 bucks and go see it then um I I I would be hard pressed to believe that the show wouldn't uh you know get decent ratings when it when it pops up agreed so Clark Gregg has also been going around doing a lot of press for uh, Much Ado About Nothing, which is the Joss Whedon film that he's working on currently. Um, our buddies at ShieldTV.net had a couple of things for us. Uh, number one, they, they posted a video interview with Clark Gregg that he did with Collider. Uh, if you go to ShieldTV.net, you can find it pretty easily and, uh, and play the embedded video. Also... Um, you know, they have a quote listed from the interview, which I think is pretty interesting. It says, uh, Greg goes on to share his excitement about what's in store, saying he's the human factor of S.H.I.E.L.D., meaning Agent Coulson. Uh, the people whose job it is to keep things running smoothly, the keepers of the secrets, and to, and to kind of be the first line of defense and welcoming. Uh, the thing that really works well on a smaller context for that, I've seen, I've never seen anything like we shot on a television screen before. Um, I guess he means I've never seen anything like this shot on a television for a television screen before. So I'm really excited for people to see that. So those are just some of the quotes from Clark Gregg. Um, more of the same, mostly. You know, they're stressing that human element. I think they're preparing everybody that this isn't going to be Avengers, the television show. You know, it, it needs to be on a smaller scale and more about people for them to be able to even do this on TV. Yeah. That that seems to be uh, a a uh, a theme that keeps popping up when they do interviews and stuff. Also uh at WonderCon there was a much ado about nothing panel and uh again Clark Gregg talked a little bit about Shield uh in that panel and we do have some audio again from the shieldtv.net guys. So Brad, I think you have that ready to play. Maybe we can do that quickly. Thank you. Uh, my name is Clark Gregg. Uh, you, don't, you don't know me that well, but I'm already a little insufferable, so don't feed the beast. Okay. Um, I play Agent Leonato. Uh, I'm sorry, I just I seem to stick that on the front of everything now. Um, I got this call from Joss, and I, 
I knew we had just finished shooting the Avengers and that theoretically he was going to be editing it now. <laughs> and so my first thought was, oh, it's, this is sad, he's having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> he thinks he's making a movie at his house. Um, but as so many people have done, I, I underestimated the weed. Yes. Sure enough, I showed up two days later, terrified, uh, trying desperately to learn a lot of lines, and there was this kind of magnificent group of players from films and TV shows that I admire, and uh, a lot of alcohol and food. <laughs> and I was thrilled. And, uh, and sure enough, uh, you know, what commenced was a, a kind of strange Shakespeare party where this movie got filmed, and, uh, and, uh, the fact that we're now here with it is just the kind of cap on top of the magic. Is there any difference between Joss directing The Avengers and Joss directing Much Ado About Nothing? Um, they're both so awesome in different ways. <laughs> danger that anyone's going to turn into a giant green rage monster, and I was clear that in this script it was going to be hard for him to kill me off. But in, in all seriousness, I had so much fun doing the Avengers, and I was, even though it, it ended kind of badly, I was going through a little postpartum, like, oh, I don't want this to be over, and then to get another call, I just got to jump in with a different group of Avengers, equally superheroic, um, and I, it just was more, more, of a, more of a good time. I love you, Clark! I love you. <laughs> Clark Gregg seems like a great guy. Uh, even as far back as over a year ago when we were lucky enough to be at that Avengers panel at New York Comic Con, that seems to be his personality all the time. I mean, he's just having a great time. He likes the fans, and he really likes being a part of the whole Marvel movie scene. So that's always good to hear. I was, I was hoping he'd throw us a bone on um, <laughs> like how he, how he comes back, but I guess I can wait. I don't want to wait, but... Anyway, it, I, he's um he's very active on Twitter. Also, he responds to a lot of fan tweets, and uh, he just like you said, he just seems like a really swell guy. And this is kind of a big uh, career turn for him, right? I mean, I know you know we don't need to list again all of the things that he's done on television and stuff before, but this is certainly his big step into the limelight. I would think with this television show, um, and you know, and the Avengers, of course. So. It's almost like Travolta when he came back for Pulp Fiction, like a second career all of a sudden. Yeah, that's a bold statement. Maybe not as big as Travolta. Well, that, was, that was just a Pulp Fiction reference. We have one other large bit of news, uh, depending on whether you are familiar with the Angel television show. It seems that J. August Richards... Uh, has been cast in S.H.I.E.L.D., or at least for the pilot. His role is unknown at this time. It's been said to be a super secret role. And, Russell, you are the resident fan of Angel. So can you tell us uh, what this means to you? 
I think this is kind of the thing we've been waiting for. You know, Joss is really big on casting people that have been in other stuff. We, you know, we, we've seen it, you know, from Buffy to Angel to Firefly to, um, to Dollhouse. And so far with S.H.I.E.L.D., we really hadn't seen anybody cast that had that previous association. I mean, obviously, Clark Gregg with the, with the Avengers, um, but none of his other TV people. I think there was a lot of speculation for a while that Eliza Dushku may be showing up uh, in this, and I think she's got something else going on. But, um, but yeah, so this is kind of exciting that he's pulling somebody forward, and, and somebody that hasn't been in kind of that inner circle of people that seem to, to you know, be pulled into this kind of stuff. Um, Gunn was a pretty cool character on, on Angel. I liked Angel a lot. In a, in a lot of ways, I liked Angel more so than Buffy. Um, it was it was a little bit of a tighter show. I mean, it ran for five seasons, where Buffy ran for seven. Um, Gunn came in, I think, season three, maybe maybe towards the end of season two. He wasn't there from the beginning, um, but he kind of came into the fold of those characters on Angel, and uh, and you know was a uh, was a great addition to the cast in, in my mind. And he was a regular from the point that he showed up, Russ, or was it? Yeah, a... I think. Well, I think he. He kind of showed up the first season he was on. I think he was kind of he was there. He'd, he'd show up for an episode and then he wasn't there for a couple and then he'd show up again. And then I think after that season, I think like seasons four and five, he was definitely a full time, you know, full blown regular. Cool. And I guess we're not going to give up hope for uh, Elijah Dushku one day. I never give up hope for that, sir. <laughs> Who are you? Um, Speculating earlier before we started recording, who, um, who this guy might might be, it's very interesting. Yeah, I've heard a couple things just kind of spatter around the net, um, and the, and this is one of them was kind of what I thought of first when when I found it was cast. Um, it's possible that maybe if they decide to do some sort of flashback thing, that this could be a younger Nick Fury, and it's never really come out in the movies, at least at this point whether this Nick Fury mirrors the comic Nick Fury where he was around back in World War II. There, there were hints that he made during Iron Man 2 to Tony Stark that he knew his father, and it made it seem like he knew him from, uh, you know, from way back when. Uh, the other uh, thing that to keep in mind is they've recently, in the main Marvel Universe, so a little bit of sidebar, in the main Marvel Universe, Nick Fury is a white character. Um, Marvel created something called the Ultimate Universe a while back, and the the version of Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe was modeled after Samuel L. Jackson. Um, he was drawn that way, and then you know again we know in the movies that he ended up playing this character. Um, so I guess Marvel's idea in their main universe to kind of um, leverage the the popularity of the character from the movies is they brought in a a, a black character. Um, I think his his name at first was Marcus Johnson. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar, Russ. Yeah, and it, it, it was like he, he kind of showed up, and there was a lot of speculation as to who he was. Well, it came out that this was uh, Nick Fury's biological, the, the main you know, universe with, the, with a white Nick Fury. This was his, his um, biological son. So once this all came out, uh, this character was renamed Nick Fury Jr. He was brought into S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, he also happened to have lost his eye. Um, and so he wears a patch like, like, uh, like his father and like the Nick Fury that we see in the movies. Um, and in the comics, they've even brought Agent Coulson in and they've 
quite often teamed up this Nick Fury Jr. with Agent Coulson in the comics. So I'm curious if if this is the route they decide to go in the Shield show, which I think could be really really interesting um, if if they if they went that route. Well, let's think about the old news that we talked about way back when, when it was uh, announced that Sam Jackson was going to be in the pilot of this show. I haven't heard any more talk about that since that was announced. Have you guys? No, I didn't even know that that was like a dun- I didn't even know if that was just rumor or if that had even I haven't even heard that confirmed anywhere. So, but yeah, like you Brad, I haven't heard any Heidner hair of that announcement since way back when when people were either there was speculation or rumor or what what have you. John, didn't we announce that on this yes, show? Yes, we did. And again, I just I, I think he convert he confirmed some involvement, but there's never been an official like, hey, we saw Nick Fury at the filming for the pilot, you know. So it's been like we said also earlier, it's been very quiet. They've been doing a good job of keeping everything on the wraps. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. So did I dream the official announcement of that then? No, you, you didn't dream it, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, what we may have called official then, uh, it was not official by ABC or Marvel. Okay, let's let's assume that he's going to be in the pilot, Sam Jackson. Hold on to your butts. He's going to be in the pilot. How do they, how do they, and, and this new guy, he's going to play Nick Fury Jr. How do they do that without it being silly? Oh, by the way, here's my son. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would my you know? guess is flashback to some period of time, maybe like Russ said earlier, maybe a, a really far flashback showing that Nick Fury's been around forever. Uh or just a flashback to when Coulson and Fury were younger, you know, maybe as cadets or rookies or whatever they call them in Shield, and they're using this actor to play a young Samuel Jackson. Or maybe Nick Fury Jr. is not a good guy, but he's a bad guy. Or maybe we're being completely racist and he's not Nick Fury at all. <laughs> you know, maybe he's just a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, you know? Yeah. The latest thing I found says, as of now, there's no word as to whether or not Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury will make an appearance in the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. It could have been an innocuous tweet or some sort of, like, maybe Sam Jackson was being interviewed or something and dropped some kind of uh, hint or, you know, purposely misleading. I mean, who knows? The only thing I could find from Samuel L. Jackson himself is things saying, I haven't been approached yet, but I'm definitely down for it. I'd love to be a part of it. That type of stuff. That's good enough for me. Yeah, he says, in my mind, I would tend to think that he would, if nothing else, be like Charlie and Charlie's Angels. At least be the voice. So. There you have it. If he shows up, it's going to be crazy. I don't even think they could do it as a surprise. I think they would have to tell everybody it's coming so he can, you know, so the ratings would just. Yeah. For Absolutely. Sure. Right. Like end the pilot with 
them walking into Nick Fury's office or something, fading out. And then, you know, kind of like they did, you know, like when Merle's coming back on The Walking Dead, you know, you know, like three weeks ahead of time. And then the ratings for that right. show is 12 million people or whatever. I know a lot of people would watch the pilot just because they knew Sam Jackson was in it. Right. Exactly. So, so I think we'll know more before it airs. We can only hope, right? Yeah. And I think, I guess the upfronts, in quotes, because I don't really know what the upfronts are, um, that's, that's mid-May. Apparently, everybody's expecting a lot more news then. I guess that's when they just gear up all their fall stuff and start putting the promos out and everything. That's when the money comes in. I want to hear about the other thing you guys have that I'm very uh, jealous of. This past Tuesday, as we record, marked the release of the Marvel Movie Universe Phase 1 Blu-ray set. Uh, Phase 1 includes... The Hulk, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, Thor, the Avengers, and a whole boatload of other stuff in an awesome briefcase. And uh, I'm going to turn this over to Russ because he's had a, more of a chance to sort of dig into it, and I'll add some thoughts uh, as well. Cool. Well, first, um, as you hear this, keep an eye out on the website and the Twitter because I actually did an unboxing video for this. Uh and I have the actual video itself mostly clipped together. I'm just waiting to to do some audio over and do a little polish on it uh, to put it up. And it's about like a 10 or 12 minute video uh, that shows all of the, the cool goodies uh, inside the set and, uh, and everything that it contained. Um, but this is something that was supposed to come out, I guess, last September, I, th- I think it was. And Marvel, in its infinite wisdom, did not. Um, license out the briefcase that was shown in the Avengers movie to be reproduced, and I think that I think they actually produced units and they had to scrap them because the company that produced the briefcase uh, sued them. Uh, so they they stopped all that and they kind of went back to it and and um, and just basically remolded the the briefcase itself and then released released the product out. And it's really cool. It comes in. It's a plastic briefcase. Uh, or what looks like a briefcase, you open it up, and inside, there's it's literally, there's like blue LEDs or something inside that light up the case when you open it up. It's kind of, there's a, a light that shows up on the back, um, and then under the control board. And when you open it up, it looks like the the briefcase from the movie that held the Cosmic Cube. Um, and dead center on, on the bottom, there is an actual uh, replication of the Cosmic Cube. It's a plastic a cube with a battery in it and you shake it up and it and it actually starts blinking um, erratically and if you shake it again harder it starts blinking even faster and does this for a few minutes um before it it shut itself off yeah yeah it only does it for like i don't know 10 or 12 seconds or something like that kind of battery is it i don't know well like one of the little thin watch batteries yeah yeah uh i think yeah yeah i think so um so it's just it's kind of a cool you know novelty thing. Um, the rest of that bottom plater is just molded plastic, so the, you you know you can't push the buttons or anything like that. Um, you know what the big question is? What's that? Is do your wives know? <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that um, because I've been talking about this thing forever, and so it finally came in, and my wife usually I mean she loved the Avengers. Um, I think we talked about that before, but um, which is unusual because that's not usually her kind of thing. 
Um, and I get these, you know, sets in and Blu-rays and steel books and things like that. And she could care less. Like, she's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, fine. Great. Just one more thing that you're going to put somewhere that I, you know, is going to take up space for my, um, you know, whatever. And, uh, nerd. yeah. So when this thing came in and I opened it up and looked at it, I actually brought it in. And I was like, I was like, you should really see all this stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Um, and I actually popped it open and we kind of sat through it and she was really, really impressed with it. I mean, she was like, I'm glad you got it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I know you want it for a long time and, and she was really impressed with it. So the fact that she was impressed with it for me said a lot because normally she could, you know, really care less. I have to say from somebody who buys a lot of Blu-ray and DVD sets and things like that, it's really high quality. A lot of times when you order these things, you know, they look great in the Amazon photo and, like, the preview stuff. And then when you get it, you're like, ah. You know, uh, for instance, the the Blade Runner set briefcase, which I don't know how many people out there have that. It's a very flimsy plastic, and it's kind of unimpressive. And you open it, and everything's just in, like, foam uh, holding it in place. This is, like, a way much heavier-duty when I when I felt it, when I lifted it up, I for a minute I was like, is this case like aluminum or something or some kind of thin metal plating or, or something on it? It has that sort of look and, and weight to it. Um, and, and everything just looks great. The cube is bigger than I thought. The cube is probably close to replica size from the movie, right? It's like a Rubik's Cube about that yeah, size. Yeah. yeah. Um, it has the shield emblem on the outside of the case as well and there's like a little button on the exterior that you can hit to make the shield logo light up with that blue sort of led look you know if you have a cool place to keep all of your stuff like a man cave type of thing it would look really cool like opened on on the coffee table you know as a conversation piece and and uh again there is a lot of cool stuff inside which i know russ has gotten to look better at than me yeah, the, the one thing that that is funny, if you've seen the pictures on Amazon, when you open this thing up, the way that the picture looks on on Amazon or any of the promo sites is it's almost like a spotlight that that is shining when you open it up. That's a bit overstated. Uh, it does light up, but it does not look like it's going to, you know, uh, you won't be able to see it from the space day, you know, the ISS um, out there. It's it's not quite that bright, um, but it is. But it is cool nonetheless. Um and so each of the movies, the six movies, um, and the uh, uh, and the the bonus disc are all in these um, little folded in half cardboard sleeves. Now the cool thing is it's for for Thor, Captain America, and the Avengers. You get both the two D Blu Ray and the three D Blu Ray, which is really cool. Um, the discs themselves are no different than the discs that came with the sets. The only the one negative I'll I'll say is the bonus discs for Iron Man two and Iron Man one are that material is not included in this set. So this is just the movie only version of it. So some people were slightly disappointed by that. Not a huge deal if you already own the sets. You know, it's just something you may want to think about keeping before you either flip it or sell it or give it away or whatever. Um, but the artwork, it's got this really cool minimalistic artwork on the on the little cardboard sleeves uh, that are representative of of the movies themselves. Uh, so they look really, you know, the art's very very well done on those. Um, on the back of the briefcase, there are a bunch of files, um, and it's really cool. There's there's a file for Captain America, and it and it has that old timey file folder look, you know, with the string that you'd 
uh, wrap around the little uh, round things. Um, it's it's distressed. It looks like it's been sitting around for 60, 70 years. Um, and it's got some really, it's got a really cool, I will say this, the, the, the photograph reproductions in this set are all done on very heavy uh, card stock. Uh, they, you know, they look like something, you know, that you'd have done, you know, to photo processing or whatever that, and, and it's even thicker, thicker paper than that. Um, so it's really good. So the Captain America, you know, has like his um, enlistment records, his 4F certificate, you know, his physical exam. Um, the playing some of the cards. cards. Yes, yes. Um, there are three of the playing cards uh, that uh, were shown in the movie that Coulson had. There's no blood on them, but they're, but um, but it is those three cards, which are kind of cool. Uh, there's a little the cutout picture he had of um, of of uh, Peggy Carter in uh, in the, his little compass thing that's in there. Uh, there's the 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 picture that he drew of the monkey with the cap outfit on the high wire uh, in it. Um, and there's a bunch of these other there's a there's a shield file in here that um, that has some, you know, like classified dossiers on some of the characters. Uh, I'll get back to that in a minute. That That's another one of the things on the set that I think they may kind of slightly miss the mark, possibly. But but um, but I think there's some some redeeming. Uh, I, I think I, I get why they may have done some of it. Uh, the Iron Man file has like a, a newspaper clip out. Uh, it has the acetate overlays. Uh, w- when he was building the suit in the cave, you know, where he was drawing um, parts of it on each piece. So if you scattered them about, you wouldn't know and you could put them all together. That's and, sweet. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, there's a huge um, blueprint of the arc reactor. It's mu- it, it looks like the one that um, Danko had at the beginning of Iron Man um, 2 that, that he was looking at. It says Anton Vanko, Har- Howard Stark on the on the blueprint. It's huge. It's it's um, I guess it's it's. It's like poster size. I mean, this would be something I, I plan on, like maybe even putting in a, a frame and hanging it up at some point because it's really cool. There's a, a ticket to the to the Stark Expo that we, that we saw in Iron Man Two. There's a pamphlet from the '64 World Expo that we saw uh, the the video from in Iron Man Two. There's a napkin that has a coffee stain on it uh, that says, "For immediate release, we no longer make weapons." Sincerely, Tony Stark. Um, there's a drawing he made of the Tesseract. And this is something cool for Iron Man 3. There's an AIM business card for Aldrich Killian, who is the character that's going to show up in Iron Man 3. And AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, is a uh, one of those organizations that's been around in the comics forever and is making its uh, debut in, in Iron Man 3. So I thought that was that was cool. That, uh, is that the a, character played by Guy... Um, Guy Pierce, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. There's a Coulson file from Thor that has... Uh, that has Jane Foster's uh, ID for her for the research college. Um, we have a driver's license for Dr. Donald Blake, which has Thor's picture on it, which is really funny because he's got this really goofy smile um, on it. There's um, there's the drawing he did of the world tree on there uh, on on the little notebook paper. There's his um, hospital wrist bracelet that's in there. Um, there for the Thor or for the for the Hulk one. There's there's another newspaper clipping, some Shield stuff. There's the remember if you remember in in Hulk when they went and and um, Ross took uh, uh, took Abomination uh, um, Bronski's character or Blonsky's character, and they you found those canisters that seemed like they were from the Weapon Plus program, like it was the Super Soldier formula that they had that they were trying to work on. Yeah. 
Um, there's a little metal disc on there that has, um, it says Cryosync, a Stark industry. So it's this metal disc that's on there uh, that has, the program is called Weapon Plus, which I think is interesting because that's like an X-Men uh, thing. That's the Wolverine uh, project. Uh, Dr. Reinstein, who is the alias that Dr. Erskine used um, from the project. So that was kind of cool. And it looks like it was, you know, from the from the 40s. So that's cool. There's a promo um, thing with Liv Tyler's character on there. The other thing that's funny is, remember the, the soft drink that they were making when he was in South America? In, in, in Hulk? The soft drink. He worked oh, the at the green soda stuff. plant. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the uh, the Stan Lee cameo. He drank right. the green soda. Yeah, Pingo Doce. Right. And there's an actual sticker in here that they, you know, w- w- which is what they would have put on the bottle with all the nutritional information and everything else. Uh, so that's kind of cool. There's another blueprint page again that opens up really big of the the that Sonic uh, tank or whatever that was that was provided by Stark Industries that they used in in the Hulk when they when they got him outside the university to try and pin him down. Um, so there's that in there. Um, then there's there's an envelope that uh, that says confidential. It has a shield logo on it, and inside there's like this acetate overlay that has this. Um, um, almost like a 3D looking picture of one of the uh, the Chitari with the gun, and then some guys walking up, um, like walking down the street. And uh, there's a little card that has a code on there. And one of the one of the criticisms I had is there were plastered on the on the packaging. There's a huge thing that says preview for Iron Man three and Phase two. And I was looking. I thought that was what the bonus disc was. Pop in the bonus disc. I don't see anything on there about Iron Man 3, Phase 2, nothing. Well, it turns out that when you look through the S.H.I.E.L.D. file that has stuff on Romanov, uh, Black Widow, on Hawkeye, and there's something on the item, 40, item 47 that was in the short, if you line up the acetate overlay over the pictures that are on that, that S.H.I.E.L.D. file, it directs you to a website, battleofnewyork.net, and you put in the code from the little key card thing that you were given... Um, in, in this package, and it opens up a five-minute video that I think they posted online now, but um, that talks, it goes into Iron Man 3, and then it starts showing some promo art from uh, Winter, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier and Thor the Dark World and a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so it's it, it, really not a whole lot, uh, you know, that we learn new from it. Um, I'm curious to see if over time they're going to expand this site and add more stuff to it. Um, if there are other clues within some of this document, some of these documents or something that might o- open other material. Um, but it wasn't really obvious that that was what where this material was. There was nothing in there that would lead you to believe it. I started kind of doing some poking around online um, and it led me in that direction. But uh, but just the, the amount of you know these file folders with all this cool stuff in it is just I mean, again, you know, John, you I think you hit it on the head, like leaving it on a coffee table and having it be a conversation piece is is really cool. I mean, this is some stuff that people that are casually interested in the movie, I think will look through this stuff and, and be pretty impressed with it. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, when you kind of do the math of how many movies you're getting and then what you're paying, it's not the cheapest set ever. But when you throw when you throw in that you're getting the 3D versions, like you said, and some quality extra physical stuff, uh, I definitely felt better about it after the fact. And, and also, I, I should mention that... Uh, the 3D versions of Thor and Captain America are not real easy to come by in stores. Uh, 
they're sort of underproduced and they're not just readily available. And I tried to grab them on Amazon once and they were still going for like 34, you know, 35 bucks each. So John, John, I noticed you skipped the wife question. Oh, you know what? When something like that's coming up, I go right out and I, I, I'm, I'm all for getting out in front of things. I say, look what I'm about to pre-order and just get it over with. So, <laughs> so, uh, no, no. Was there lots there. of, no, there wasn't any wailing and gnashing of teeth? Nah, no, I, I think, uh, I, I think it's understood. Well, I totally, uh, want that set. I mean, I've got all the movies, so it would be silly for me to buy it, but, you know, after listening to the description, uh, I completely want that. Even if I never cracked it and just had the suitcase on the shelf and I just knew what was in it, that'd be enough for me. <laughs> I, I would totally, you know what, if this thing, I ended up getting the Bond 50-year set and I, and I wasn't going to do it, I wasn't going to do it, I wasn't going to do it. And then months later, it hit like 99, 99. If this set ever approaches something like that, I would flip all the separate movies and, and grab this thing. I really recommend it. Oh, I completely would do that. Um, I, yeah, big time. I would. On uh, one of the other podcasts we do, we we at the end of the year we kind of rate everything out, and Blu-ray sets or categories is is one of them. And uh, I see this one probably winning that easy. Um, this is going to be a hard a hard one to top. Um, the the only thing that I have that's even come close to to this level of coolness is when Tron Legacy came out, they put out this set that had the identity disc that lit up. And if you opened it up, it came with like the 3D version of Tron Legacy, the Blu-ray of Tron Legacy, the Blu-ray of the original Tron, which at that time wasn't available as like a separate disc yet. Um, and then like a bonus disc. And it came in this this cool kind of packaging. Um, but yeah, like John said, most of the time when these things come out, some of the, the production quality is questionable. And some of the quote-unquote extras... Um, are really just kind of like silly trinkets and things that are just like yeah whatever. Um, but but this stuff is just extremely high quality. I mean it just I'm I'm really impressed at the level of detail they went to and the amount and the sheer volume they put in there. Um, you know if if, if it, this is the kind of set at this these movies are fairly new at this point. Um, you know most of them haven't gone down to that really bargain price. Maybe a couple of them have. Um, so if they just put these out in a in a in a digit book or something like that, it'd probably be sixty bucks, maybe eighty bucks. Um, so this set was it was a little pricier. It was one forty nine, but I could I like you said, John. If if there's enough of these laying around, I could see these drop into like a gold box deal of ninety nine ninety nine, and at that price, it's it's a complete no brainer. All right, so I think that's all we have for uh, news and updates and such. Again, we're. We'd like to come out more frequently, but there just isn't a ton going on right now. Um, we hope that in May for the upfronts, we'll have a lot more news and, uh, and we'll be out around then. Till then, you can reach us on Facebook. We have the Shield Facebook group and Shield podcast at Twitter as well. If you want to throw us a, a private message or, or tweet at us with some questions or comments or anything like that, we'd be happy to do that one day on the show as well. So until next time, thank you, Russ. Thank you, Bradley. Sure. You guys are welcome. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.